Welcome to the PCA Alumni Life Talk podcast, where we talk about life while encouraging and equipping you to live out the truth of God's Word. My name is Megan Rogers, and I'm the Director of Alumni Relations at Prestonwood Christian Academy. I'm hosting Life Talk with my friend and colleague at PCA, Dan Panetti. We're here, we're super excited because we've got Chase Hilbert with us, um, who's one of our alumni, and he's gonna tell us a little bit about himself and just kind of from graduation up to today, and then we're gonna ask him some questions about life. So Chase, give us the background. Awesome, well thank you guys for having me. Um, I appreciate it. I am uh, graduated in 2004 from PCA. Uh, I spent a little bit of time at Texas A&M and a little bit of time at Dallas Baptist University. Are we supposed to whoop? Did I, I don't that? know about I'm that. Not, I'm not an Aggie. I'm not an Aggie. Whoop. I intentionally spoke quickly okay. so that if anyone needed to whoop, they could whoop. All right. So, yeah. So those of you who whooped so out there, good for you. Feel free to whoop. Awesome. I, I whooped under the table even though I wasn't supposed to. I'll push for it later. Awesome. Aggies know what that means. Yes. Um, and then DBU, sorry. Yeah, so DBU, and while I was at DBU, um, I found myself back on staff here at Prestonwood with the youth group. Um, and so through a series of events, I uh, ended up on staff here at the church, which brought me back to Plano. Uh, and since then, I have met my wife, Christine. Um, we've been married for 11 years. We had a little short run in Austin, Texas, um, and have moved back about five years ago. We moved back. Uh, we had a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Uh, I've got two daughters, Isley and Eden. Isley is class of thirty. Uh, I know. This. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. So, class uh, of yeah. Class here at PCA. Here at PCA. Yay. And uh, Eden's class of thirty-one here at PCA. So we are uh, back in, and um, my wife is also working at PCA. So uh, they can't get rid of us. Either they can't get rid of us, or uh, they just want me to be here really bad. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. So anyway, all that to say, uh, we're back here in Dallas, in Plano area. We attend Citizens Church uh, just down the road in Plano. And uh, I currently um, own a business and work as a uh, director of technology and software developer for uh, a couple of small startups locally. Cool. Hey, let's let's start with that. Let's start about the, the business family thing, because I think that's an interesting question for people to kind of wrestle with. How do you balance, right, because I'm a startup business, lots of time. Right, um, you know, wife, two young daughters. Right, lots of time. Right. How do you how do you balance the time between those two things? Right, um, if your priority really is family, but your business takes a lot of time and energy. Right, what would you say would be your advice of like you know young person starting off in career, you know, young family? What's what's your like words of wisdom to them about that? Yeah, that's a great question. I uh, I mean, if I'm being candid, I'm still struggling with that. Not struggling or working through that. Learning. Uh, learning right. through that right now. Um, so I've owned my business for six years, and uh, one of the reasons I got into that was because of the kids, right? It's uh, if you work for yourself, no one dictates your schedule. You can be at everything. What they don't tell you is that then you have to do everything. Yeah. Um, and so I have, uh, I have learned for me what works the best is is it's intentionality, right? It's It's starting a week off having conversations with my wife around you know what do we have on the schedule this week um what do we have on the schedule this weekend what do i have with work meeting wise uh, so that i can proactively schedule my work around that right and so the other thing that's been super helpful because um i think if you were to ask anyone in my family or christine uh, i'm a bit of a workaholic mm -hmm. so you'll find me uh working the second shift pretty normally um which is good and bad uh, but I would say like those might be things you have to do, right, for the family. Um, and so I coach a soccer team of under nine girls, oh. and we have a great time, but I end work every Tuesday at 4.30 so that I can prep for that practice. And sometimes that puts me up at 11.30 or midnight on a Tuesday night, and that's yeah. okay because I'm, I'm 
being intentional with my kids. Um, I also, and I think throughout this interview, you probably hear this from me a lot, but I just have people in my life that keep me accountable to that, that know that I'm prone to work too much if I'm not, uh, if I don't have some boundaries. So I had to learn the hard way with that, um, honestly, is, you know, two or three years in, we had the conversation, hey, why don't you just go get a real job? You know, because then at least you come home when the work's over. Um, yep. And so that's, that, a, that that's a wake up call. Yeah, it kind of shook me up a little bit and uh, kind of started to understand and think through proactively, like, how can I not um, work, work so, like, I want to give what I need to to work because that's important, right? And I feel like that's what I'm called to do. Uh, my family and my relationship with the Lord are the most important things. And so carving out time for those and thinking of those first and then work uh, has been kind of, I've had to flip just normal thinking on its head to make that happen, but it is possible. Yeah, yeah for sure. What are um, some ways that you incorporate um, church and school and into y'all's lives? Like, how do you ha- how do you juggle both? Because you know you've got school all week long. You do church activities. What is the you know priority for your family between those those things? Again, still learning. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are very uh, we're very committed to our church and so i think one of the things that my kids know and if you were to ask them right is uh, it's less about the sunday morning gathering for our family like we we're there and we participate um, but it's more about how are we do what are we doing between those gatherings Mm -hmm. Um, and i think one thing for our family that's gotten my kids interested is we're very involved in a home group Uh, inside of that home group we are meeting with other families who have kids our kids age and so they get to understand like i've got my friends at school uh, I've got my friends on my soccer team, but man, my home group friends, like they're special friends. Definitely. You know? And so they love, they ask, you know, is it family week this week? And they want to be a mm-hmm. part of that. And then the other thing we do is we're just intentional with spending time with those people throughout the week. So I run into Dan a lot actually, because uh, my whole group lives in his neighborhood. <laughs> um, and so it's I, true. It's I true. I see, I see Chase in the truck driving by yep. all the time. Aww. Saying hi to the girls as they're waving right. as they go. That's awesome. And that is specifically because we're in that neighborhood. Yeah. Our home group's there. And so as far as balance goes, you know, school's important. We, you know, we prioritize homework and learning and all those fun things. But I think at the end of the day, our kids know what's important to Christine and I that our kids do their best at those things. And when those things are over, we spend our free time investing in one another as a family or into our friends, um, kind of on mission, serving our neighborhoods and together. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we could do a whole podcast on coaching a nine-year-old girl's soccer (laughs) team. You really could. could, But we don't want to do that. So let's let's save that for maybe another (laughs) session, okay? One of the things I do want to ask you, though, is um, Isley, who's your oldest, Right, um, had a um, a brain surgery, and just dad to dad, as you're thinking about, you know, when you found out, right, that there was a situation that this is what was going to happen. How did you wrestle with that? How did you? I mean, because I know, you know, taking care of my kids and feeling like I'm in control of everything, and, and I I can find out ways to help them, right? But then all of a sudden, you, you run into something where you go, I got I got nothing, right? How did how did you deal with that? Well, you uh, you alluded to a one word that I would bring up there, and that's control in yeah. that situation. You know, one of the things that I, that left me very helpless in that situation is I couldn't help her, right? Yeah. Um, and so I remember it like yesterday. You know, we get the phone call. We we originally went into the doctor for headaches here and there. This was she was in kindergarten, so she was seven, six, seven, something like that. And uh, so we, you know, it's, oh, it's strep throat. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Mm-hmm. And then finally, it was like these aren't going away. Let's do an MRI or. Um, Maybe it was a CAT scan, I can't remember. It was one of those two. And uh, I got the call from Christine on, on a work call, you know, four or five different calls in a row. And I'm like, it's weird. So I answer the call and it's 
you know, she's in tears and she's sad and it's, hey, the doctor just told us everything's going to be okay, but we need to go see a neurosurgeon, mm. a neurosurgeon like, wow. tomorrow. Um, and so, you know, when you hear that kind of news, like anything else, right, it's, uh, it's jarring and you don't really... You know, I didn't have an answer for her other than like, you know, it's our kid. That's our, that's our firstborn. She's our baby. Like what, you know, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I did my absolute best to not get on the internet and start Googling. Hey man. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Uh, Which, you know, it's just, I'm a- That'll take it down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm a software developer. I'm always on the computer. And so it was very easy for me working uh, to just open up another tab in Chrome. Yes. So she she ended up having what's called a Chiari malformation. C-H-I-A-R-I, um, if you're curious how to spell that, but essentially it's a, uh, it's, it's a, her, her skull wasn't big enough for her brain, so okay. every time her, her heart would beat, her, your brain expands, and there wasn't enough room in mm. her head Interesting. for her brain to expand properly without pushing her brain, pushing, putting pressure on her brain. Oh, yeah. wow. And so that gets, um, they, they can go, people go their whole lives, um, I'll tell you, like, one of like just a very providential thing from the Lord at this point when we found this news out is we had just gotten more involved in citizens and um, one of our pastor's wives actually had the surgery as an adult. Oh, oh my goodness. So, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, you the accord, exactly. You the accords everywhere, right? Um, this start, that started happening to us. And then there was another girl in our church who was seven who was going to have her second Chiari malformation surgery that summer. Wow. And so we just got surrounded. Like we were in a community. Yes. Our church isn't huge of people who had gone through this and it was just, I don't know. It was just, it was the Lord, right? We, we felt like there's people we can ask questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we immediately got her in a neurosurgeon and he gave us the whole, we can monitor it. You know, the, the advice that it's like the, the advice every dad wants to hear, you can monitor it, which means you don't have to do anything uh, or we can take it out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's, that gives me some peace yeah. because like, we don't have to do anything, but like also you didn't tell me what to do. So what do we do? Right. So now it's on me uh, to lead Christine and I into a decision of do we put our seven-year-old through brain surgery or not? Right. Right. Um, and as a dad, how do you sit down and tell your daughter what's about to happen? What was that conversation like? Yeah. What was that conversation like? <laughs> Obviously, we were vague, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, there's there's some stuff in the back of your head. Um, Isley's a champion. I mean, the kid is, she's so strong. I mean, I, I'm watching her get her blood drawn, and she's just like, yeah, whatever. If this was reversed and it was my other child, I mean, we would have had to been, like, restraining. And, think, you know, Isley's just, she's just tough. And so we were very open. We didn't hide it from her. Hey, you're going to have surgery. Um, we did her first MRI awake. She stayed awake wow. the whole time. Um, and so the second MRI, when they, it was longer and they wouldn't allow us to do that, we started having conversations about this is, they're going to, you know, let you go to sleep, but you're okay and we're here. And she just trusted us, you know, and I don't know other than attributing that to like Christine and I's presence in her life on a day-to-day basis. I, I don't really, uh, and the Lord. Mm-hmm, right? For like, sure. Absolutely. There, there were, really wasn't any other reason for her to be as calm as she was. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, all that to say, um, again, with the kind of the theme of surrounding ourselves with people in our home group. I happen to have one of my best friends is a trauma surgeon. Um, and one of the other guys in our home group is a great friend of mine is an internal medicine doctor. Oh and my so gosh. I called yeah. both of these guys yes. and said, Hey, if it was your kid, you know, right. Kind of like what anyone what would, would ask, you do? What would you do? Exactly. And of course they gave me different answers. <laughs> oh um, no. So, you know, one of them said, mm. I'd wait. And the other one, um, he said, man, if it was my kid, I would get aggressive and I'd get as aggressive as you can early because these kids rehab so quick. 
And so, um, long story short, I said, okay, well then you're in you're in the hospitals. Who's the best pediatric surgeon? Mm-hmm. Like who can we use, right? And he calls me back. He's like, all right, I did some research. It's it's this guy. His name's Doctor Swift. Which, again, just Lord's providence, that was our doctor. And so you're kidding. We were like, oh my god, okay. wow, God's good. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we. I, I remember That's I was a doctor. A, I was playing a camp. Um, so I travel and lead worship during the summers, and I was playing a camp out in Austin, and. Uh, Christine called me and uh, I got on the phone with this doctor and Brandon, my buddy who I'm, who I'm alluding to right now, who told me about Dr. Swift. We all got on a phone call and just kind of said, okay, we're gonna do it. And he's like, well, uh, the next one I have is in like six weeks. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> so when he, said, you know, when he said the timing, I was like. It's real. Okay. Yeah. Um, my last camp of the summer um, was five days before that. So I took Christine with me to that camp. We were in Colorado. We stayed over just to, just to be together and have some time together for three or four days before we were about to walk into that. And we flew yeah. in on Tuesday night, and uh, we went for pre-op, post, pre-op, yeah, pre-op on uh, Wednesday morning. Okay. Just kind of in it, so. Wow. And she is doing? Amazing. Yes. She's doing amazing. It was a, uh, you know, I, I can't really describe watching your daughter roll away from you. Because yeah. uh, at that age, they don't put them to sleep. I mean, they do it in the operating room, so mm. you don't see any of that. So, you know, you're watching your seven-year-old daughter roll mm. away from you, and, mm. uh, you know, everyone's emotional. And But again, you know, we get out in the waiting room, and everyone from our home group's there. Right? Yeah. And it's just it, it, the common theme, I think, in our lives in the last five to seven years is find people that you want to do life around and with, be transparent, and, uh, and do life with those people. And that sometimes is messy, and it's sometimes painful, and you sometimes just need to be around each other, and that was that day, right? Is they didn't have anything to say to me. They were just there, and um, surgery went great. Uh, we got nervous because he called us sooner than it would be expected. So he told us, you know, it's gonna be five or six, seven hour surgery. He called us at four. So we were like, oh no, what does that mean? They were like, you know, the doctor wants to meet with you, and he said, we're done. And so, uh, unbelievable. It was great. So she took a season off of sports in three or four months, and uh, she's, yeah, she's full of energy and sass and everything else you would think. I love to see how God mm-hmm. brought all these people, even the doctor and the friends who you got, you were surrounded by. I mean, the Lord provided all these people. And, you know, it's clearly because, you know, you were, you're in God's will and you're praying, like, what do we do? How do we handle this? And so the, and so God just provided the, this next step and, um, you know, much harder to go through it and, right. <laughs> at the time. And, that is an amazing story. It is an amazing story. And I'm glad you shared. Me Because I, I, I just think there's other people out there wrestling with the same thing. Um, is God going to get me through X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z? Right? Where is God in the midst of this? And the, and the answer is, here's the deal. I don't know what it looks like, but going through it with people who are believers that have your back, uh, that can be praying for you, that can just have the ministry of presence, that's that's the key. Huge. Right? So, so no matter what happens, God's got it. Right? You're, you're not in control. Let's get that off the table. But going through life with other believers and having them help you with that, I think is such an important just reality, especially, you know, at that stage of life when you've got a marriage and kids and all the things going on crazy, you need people to speak truth to you and and encourage you. So kudos to you, man. That's awesome. Absolutely. You know, I wouldn't, wouldn't wish it on anyone, but it's life, right? It's inevitable. We're going to have these seasons in our lives, especially with kids and marriage and jobs and everything else where you don't really you don't know you don't know the answer and i mean i have prayer journals from the first day we had our first mri of just questions Mm -hmm. i'm just asking myself questions Mm -hmm. you know i go back and read those and 
you know, one of the questions was, should we do it or should we not? Right. You know, and, and how do we even know that? You know, and so, um, yeah, I think, I think just walking closely with people, and I will say, I, I'm not uh, getting any extra stipend or anything for saying this, but the PCA's teacher staff was phenomenal. During, I mean, I got an email from, I mean, you name it, you know, on staff here, and it was, it was another thing. It was just we didn't make a big deal about it, you know. Um, I'm I'm not a huge social media like throw my life on social media. And actually, my mom called me a couple of days before, and she was like, "Why isn't this on social media?" And I was like, "Because I just why? Why do I need it on social media?" You know. Yeah. And she said, "Because people want to know. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to reach out. People want to pray for you. People want it." And so I put it on there, and you know, I'm getting from all the principals in the lower school and her teachers, and just it was just super encouraging. We were able to show Isley all that, you know, post surgery and all that, which was. We were in the hospital for a few days naturally and so it was great it was really it was a it was a good it was a hard season but we learned a ton as a family and her sister was so concerned and so you know it was, it was sweet watching them just be sisters and one of them was having brain surgery the other one sitting in a waiting room and just trying to figure the whole thing out together. yeah and so that's sweet that's yeah. sweet well chase we appreciate your time thanks for coming in and give us an update on your life and uh, we'll just be praying for Isley, just right, who continued um, health and well-being. And uh, for you and Christine and Eden, just what a great family. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. thanks Thank so guys. much, Chase. It's awesome to bring in our PCA alumni back. Um, you are considered some of our older PCA alums <laughs> in some of those first graduating years. And um, we're grateful that your kids are here and that your wife is here. I mean, your whole family has truly invested back into PCA. And, um, you know, it's families like you who help make a difference um, among, you know, our community. So we're so glad you're back. Sure. Thanks for being here. We are, uh, we're super grateful. We love PCA. And uh, thank you guys for having me. Awesome. Go Lions. <laughs> Go Lions. <laughs> thank you for joining us today on Life Talk where we talk about life while encouraging and equipping you to live out the truth of God's word. Until next time, let your life talk.